Hi everyone, welcome to Mouse of the Merrimack. I'm Captain Chris Velasquez here with Danny. We used to catch up on because the one we did last week, even though we spent that extra time on a Friday night, didn't record. I know, what a total bust. It's a bummer because it was a good one. Yeah, it was a good one. We had a good week of fishing last week, a bunch of new stuff, and I guess we'll kind of get into what we were talking about then as it relates to what's been going on the last few days. Yep. Um, yeah, so we can start off with well, the beginning of last week. Was it 4th of July? Uh, the day after, well, 4th of July was when I was hearing about all the action, but it was actually the 5th. Okay. Uh, afternoon, I went out and decided to, you know, I was hearing all the reports about these football tuna around, and everyone's going crazy about these short fish, and I broke out the uh, the old spreader bars and landed myself a nice 50-inch tuna. Nice. And that oh, was yeah. the first one on your own boat, right? Yep, absolutely. Oh. It was that feeling huh yeah it was good i was out with my buddy derek um props to derek he did a hell of a job being a good mate you know if someone that's not re really experienced or really even knew what to expect with the whole situation he uh handled the boat well and put a perfect gaff shot right behind the thing's eye well luckily even though somebody like derek who doesn't have a lot of experience with or any experience with big game fishing he's at least been out with you on your boat enough over the years to uh kind of get a handle of the way things go out there yeah definitely so he, he, he follows instruction well oh that's important yeah that's really important. That's why, like, on my chart, I find kids and women do the best job because they follow instructions well. Exactly. It almost seems like they hook everything. Derek, perfect woman. I hate, I hate to hate on him. <laughs> 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 I'm sure he'll appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was awesome, though, man. And, uh, you know, I got to give a shout-out to Sterling, Sterling Tackle for making those tracker bars because it is awesome being able to have four squid bars in the water. I'll, I'll tell you what the difference is, like, you know, so for those of you that are listening, this is the first time we've had a consistent bite of football tuna up north of the Cape, or at least north of Stellwagen during the summertime, probably in about 10 or 11 years. So the fact that they're in Ipswich Bay and on Jeffries and within reach, uh, what I'm noticing is a lot of people that used to go out there and chase them around, you know, the guys that went out there and practiced and struggled and had triumphs back in the day, all of a sudden are coming out there now, all ready to go with all their arsenal, dusted it off in the base. Some of the old tricks, extra app sluggos, in addition to spreader bars, have been pretty productive. Um, but the difference, the biggest change between you know ten years ago to now, at least in, in my opinion, is uh, the spreader bars that Sterling Tackle came out with. Those Y trackers you talked about, yep. and what a Y tracker uh, spreader bar is, it's got a little bird on the front with a little uh, piece of plastic angled so that when you drop your lines back into your spread, they widen in your spread as well, yep. negating the use of outriggers. So smaller boats can now fish a four-rod spread effectively, or a five- or even six-rod spread effectively. Yeah, it's nice. It gets the uh, bar out of the out of the prop wash and into the clean water outside the wake. Yeah, speaking of spreader bars, uh, Steve from Hudson's just called me and told me that they're picking up some Carlson bars. Uh, Carlson bars are really nice. I don't know if they have the wide trackers like the Sterling do, mm -hmm. but I did need a bar that I wanted to put right down the shotgun line, so I'll probably yeah. be picking up some Carlson bars from Steve there. Oh, nice. I wonder if he's going to get any like weighted daisy chains, because I, I was thinking of running something deeper. Ooh, I'll yeah. bring one up. Yeah. Yeah, I think for the deep stuff, you know, I've been throwing an X-Wrap down the last couple of days. Remember, if you, for back in the day, we used to throw the X-Wraps down as a line underneath the spread of bars, or we used to fish sluggos a lot. And uh, just remember to change out your hooks. I just put a couple, I think I put two-watt owner triple uh, X uh, treble hooks and split rings on mine. So that thing's swimming great, and uh, hopefully I can get out there a little bit more to target them. 
Yep. Yeah. Definitely. I got to switch the hooks out on my X wrap. Thank you for reminding me. But oh yeah, we went out yesterday morning for a couple hours, but unfortunately we we had to turn. We had to go in. Uh, early. I wish we could have stayed all day out there. It was beautiful. Yeah, to be honest with you, I haven't really been able to get out much the past couple of weeks, but every time I've gone, it's been to Target Tuna now uh, just because we have we have that option. Yeah, yeah, it's been really cool to take advantage of, and unfortunately, it seems like uh, Friday night and Saturday night we had a couple cold front north winds push through, and it kind of turned that bite down. Not saying that guys are, aren't getting them at all, but it seems like the last few days we've been hearing fewer and fewer reports of ones, you know, either inshore, close to us, or on Jefferies. I heard some things that sell wagon kind of died down. Actually, I uh, I scheduled off Tuesday of this week off to go to, with uh, Kyle Davis, my buddy, down to Stellwagen to go fish and try to get a few in top water. Um, but of course, it's the one day I got blown out this year so far. Yeah, I scheduled the day off, and yeah, there was four foot seas at four seconds. So we decided to sleep in till seven a.m. that day. Yeah, was, that's was uh, that's, uh, that's tough to fish in. But you know, we probably should talk about too. Unfortunately, not every fish makes it into the boat, right? Oh yeah, that's right. I almost didn't want to bring this up. We did get out on last Thursday. Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah, you want to you want to tell tell the story. I'll tell the beginning right. of the story and then you can finish it up. Right. So on Thursday I had two trips. I had two four hour trips back to back in the morning, like five to nine and ten to two. And when I got on my way in, I get a call from Dan. He's in the area free. My dad calls me. He's in the area free. And after a little bit of convincing, they convinced me to go back out for a third time to go travel into Tuna Land. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the bite was really, really hot at this point. It was just kind of uh, all the commercial guys were complaining about the small fish. They kept some of it was like football after football. Uh, one of our buddies, well, you got six, six short fish. And he yeah. just decided to move only because causes a problem if you're trying to get a big one so we try to help mitigate that problem yeah so this is what the tuna fever does so you know we left the docks probably around three i would say oh it was five it was after work oh it was five it was after work that's right yeah, oh my god that's right because i had fuel up and all that so yeah. at the docks around five it was a beautiful day no wind all day and then once we got to where we were going it was not beautiful anymore yeah <laughs> it was solid four footers and uh once we got the bars out and started trolling around we we're like all right we get probably about an hour in here before it gets really bad yep and then i was about to call it quits and dan just goes no <laughs> let's go to this point first probably got another 20 minutes of troll left so um i had some emails that just came through that i needed to answer for my clients the next few days so i left the wheel i go up to the bow for about 30 seconds and then i'll let dan finish the story from here yeah so i uh i brought us to where i wanted to go and then i went across the uh it was basically the the, the depth change you know because they can hang the, the the tuna can hang out there like they'll they'll push bait up right up right up the wall so to speak yeah and uh you know that was kind of what i was thinking might happen and the way it was everything was chopped up probably it was probably going to be effective and it was funny because 5.7 miles an hour is my that's like my go-to for bar trolling yeah like i, I really really like that um so i got the, the speeds right the wind's blowing blowing going, yeah, like really really blowing and uh the funny part about it was your father looks over at me and just goes god damn this sucks and as soon as he said sucks fucking <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't one of those little nuisance fish that were being around it was a big boy it was a demon fish because all right so i had a couple of my uh, tld 30s and some custom rods that i built and um it hit on one of those rigs and i had the drag pretty hot at full strike and um 
it was funny because I kept telling your father like I was like put the lever up a little more put it up a little more because it was it was just really just set to, to hit and he was just like I can't put it up anymore <laughs> and then the, the, the thing's still dumping it was probably like 18 pounds of drag to maybe at strike yeah, yeah. and then he had it at full so it probably bumped it up to like 25 or so but yeah. even though that's not a lot of drag for a tuna i mean it was way it was way bigger of a run than a 50 inch fish would have and uh once we got it turned uh johnny v fought it for a little bit his first tuna he's come tight to in a while mm-hmm. and um and then <laughs> and then all hell broke loose then all hell broke loose uh I'm driving the boat, kind of. I look behind me off my quarter, my stern quarter. We just passed a white high flyer. And I was like, uh-oh. And I tried turning the boat into the port side, into the waves. And I just couldn't do it without kind of gunning the boat. And I didn't want anyone to fall because it was kind of rough. And then my dad was like, oh, tapping out. He was tired. So he looks at me. He goes, come grab the rod. I literally got off the wheel for two seconds to grab the rod. And we were already in the trap by the time I touched it. He just got blown over, and uh, the fish swam down, got caught in the net, lost the bar. Actually, just trying to get the get the line out and drive back on the thing was an absolute nightmare in those conditions. It was uh, it was nasty, but you know, lost the bar, spent the gas money, had some fun. Yep. I was really tired. So if anyone catches a, a school tuna with um, a, a purple black yeah. tracker bar in it, let us know. Yeah, if you pick, you pick one of those out, that'd be fantastic. So, <laughs> uh, striper fishing still been pretty good. Um, you know they're moving around a little bit. You got to find them, but once you find them, it's been it's been awesome. I know a lot of my trips this past week have been a lot of action, a lot of rods bending, and you know we're popping off our limit and getting some real nice fish. We got a couple over forty. Uh, I think we caught six fish over 45 inches uh, the past week uh, a couple a lot more in the 40s and overs and uh, it's been really non-stop action uh, the mackerel we were talking about in the last podcast started coming back it was no longer yep. an issue they were everywhere yeah it seems like they're a little bit of everywhere yeah that makes sense there were a lot of it everywhere for for me for like six days straight and mm-hmm. then um so kind of funny story i had tuesday off when we got weathered out wednesday we went tuna fishing and then today i had uh, i just didn't have a trip so i haven't been on the water in a few days i got a trip tomorrow morning so this morning was operation get fresh mackerel figured you know, I'd be going to where I've been going and fill two live wells, you know, without chum in 10 minutes like I've been doing. That was not the case today. So we talk about the good. We talk about the bad. Today was a bad mackerel day. I went out with a couple of buddies of mine um, and stayed around inshore, even went to the Isles of Shoals. And we are out there for trying all my little spots around there for about an hour i've never not caught mackerel out there when i needed to Mm -hmm. and you know what i turned to my friend adam joffrey for those of you on this podcast and know adam this is a perfect adam story this kid has known me since seventh grade he knows about my superstitions and pretty much everyone's superstitions about having bananas on the boat but he doesn't have a brain dan he doesn't have a brain big heart no brain on that kid if he only had a brain i go what happened i've never been skunked out here this is crazy like laughing about it and i go nobody brought a banana did you and adam's face he looked at me and i couldn't tell if he was goofing around but he had that oh shit face and his bag was on the i was on the bow his bag was on my seat in the center console and he just looks at me reaches into a bag and pulls out that goddamn banana and just throws it <laughs> off the boat. I'm like, dude, you know so much better than that. <laughs> oh, 
So uh, no bananas on the boat. Long story short, we ended up finding some finally around nine thirty. We were out there at five thirty. We had to get in so we can get Hugo back to work at the bait shop and. Uh, you know, I think we got about a dozen. Definitely not. We didn't even get a chance to really striper fish. Uh, so then, which leads us later, I went home. I did some things. Came back down to Newburyport to do a podcast with Dan. We went to the Copacabana as we were setting up. Bunch of wind and rain and storms came oh, through. Oh, that was wild. You couldn't even wild. see like 10 feet out of the Copacabana. Yeah. So we had all the stuff in and the storm cleared and it was nice out. He had some work friends down here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Ooh, it's kind of nice. Oh yeah, well, and then I didn't want to go. Yeah, I need to tell. Like, after a nice hard thunderstorm, it is amazing how flat the water gets. It was beautiful. Yeah. And with Mackle being tough today, I was hoping they turned it on a little bit. So we hopped into Dan's boat, brought his his friends from work. Yep. And we just got a bunch of fresh mackerel for tomorrow. So yeah, we I feel on, a lot we better. We went now. on a mackerel mission. We went out there. Uh, we didn't even have chum. I was like, no chum. Let's go see what's going to happen. It was too beautiful. I couldn't resist getting on the boat tonight. And uh, we went out there. And I got to uh, tip my hat to Judy Shipley. Judy Shipley was Judy. on fire. So Judy came on the boat. She's never really even fished before. And uh, put the sabiki rod in her hand. And uh, she made it happen. She was the first one to hook up and got a bunch of full strings. And probably got about, what, 60, 60 70 mackerel? Yeah, I filled up three gallon bags, so we got quite a few. Yeah. We got more than I thought. That was a very interesting trip because you know when you're fishing with people that don't fish all the time, one you see how much they appreciate even just being out there. Like, oh, yeah. For the fishing part, wasn't even what was important to them, and they didn't realize like to us this is just bait fishing. To them, they were catching fish. Yeah, and uh, that was really cool. But then the real funny thing was when I turned around and Brad literally here we are in the middle of shoal handed shoal ledge and he just jumps, jumps right in the water <laughs> jumps right in yeah. i'm like all right yeah we can do that too I that's good god i don't get that on my chart <laughs> yeah. oh my god oh yeah so that was probably your first experience taking a small group of people that don't really get to yeah, fish I mean, often yeah I'm, I'm, i can be pretty pretty picky with uh fishing on my boat and i typically don't like more than me and two other anglers yeah you know and so most of the have, time they know what they're doing at least enough exactly yeah no, so not know what they're doing but have an experience something yeah yeah, yeah some type of experience and uh no that was so there were what it was five of us right one two three four five yeah us two and those three yep yeah so it was a good time though yeah it was a great way to kill an hour that's for sure yep got a lot done got the crew out in the boat experienced a beautiful night still had time for the podcast and got fresh mackerel so the best was is my boat was nice and clean when we got on it and then when we got back in there were a little bit of mackerel scales back by the scuppers yeah uh, i was just like these guys are like, oh, you're going to wash the boat down? Because they know I love to clean my boat. You do. And I'm like, uh, I'll just rinse. I'm just going to rinse it down, guys. Like, don't worry about it. They're like, no, no, we want to help you. I'm like, oh, all right. I broke out three brushes. <laughs> oh, man. Up the you would have soap. three brushes. The best thing is, is like I, I pre-soak the boat, and then I hook up the motor to flush the motor. And I'm just standing there on, on the uh, swim platform just watching everyone clean my boat. And I'm like, this is nice. <laughs> so lucky. Yep. Let me rinse it down good uh, speaking of people that come out in the boat to appreciate it and things like that i want to talk about one of my charters that i had last week um so a few years ago my uncle um so my uncle got late, married later in life to his wife and um she already had kids and and then eventually had grandkids and um so about four years ago uh my uncle brought one of his grandkids on the boat and they're from minnesota his name is samuel and he did a great job man his first fish was a keeper 
so at six years old and then a bunch of schoolies and then he played in the live well it was a quick little trip after i did a couple so uh with covid he hasn't been able to fly out here the last few years and my uncle's been telling me that's all he talks about is fishing 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 so obviously i'm psyched so he's 10 years old now we brought him out in the boat and uh man did we have a great day last week and uh one of the coolest things too is uh how much he paid attention and learned throughout the trip you know like i didn't have to explicitly tell him anything he was just silently watching cool as a cucumber so later in the trip it's on our last drift i had to get in uh we had a bear in a day catching a lot of good fish keepers big fish overs and then uh but I was dealing with, I think my Uncle Peter got a fish. He got a nice 43, and Uncle Peter doesn't fish that much. He handled it like a champ. I got him on video. Nice. But uh, I was handling a fish, you know, taking one off the hook, and Samuel was in the back, and he missed a hit, reeled up his line, saw nothing on there, went into the live roll, on his own, didn't make a big deal about it, got a bait, put it on, dropped it down, boom, 46-incher, 32 pounds. Wow. Well, actually, I can't remember how long it was, but I know it was 32 pounds. And... Uh, Dude, he fought the whole fish on his own. Nobody had to hold a rod. Nobody had to, like, direct him over the engine when he had to cross over the engine. Just, like, natural athlete. Natural athlete. So now he wants to move up here and be a charter captain. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. He's going to be hooked for life. Oh, it was so cool. It was so cool. And he had a hat that was amazing. Actually, I I kept mentioning how much I liked the hat, and I put a picture of him on Facebook, and, like, five of the comments are about his hat. It was, like, uh, some sort of whiskey, like honey whiskey or something like that. I don't know. It was cool. Yeah, peanut butter whiskey. Peanut butter whiskey. Yeah. (laughs) Not bad for a 10-year-old. You get good taste. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. But yeah, just seeing somebody like that from Minnesota, and I guess they do a lot of bass fishing out there. His dad was on the boat too, and uh, I mean, we just had a blast. It was good getting out there with family. Yeah, Minnesota is the land of ten thousand lakes. Ten thousand lakes, brother. That's like seriously, like you can, you know, like you're on the road and you got one lake over here, one lake over here. You can see like four lakes in a single. That's yeah. what he said. He said they'll fish a lake and then literally cross cross the road and hop into a whole nother lake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually had a, I did a guided trip out there just to do some bass fishing, caught some northern pike, caught those uh, like rock bass i don't know what they call them they have like the red the beady red eyes and they're pretty cool green color oh yeah yeah it's not like a peacock bass it's uh it's i, I think they know. call them rock bass yeah it's almost might. like a smallmouth isn't it yeah yeah, yeah i remember yeah. him telling smallmouth me something about eyes. it but he called them rock bass and uh it was pretty sweet because the the guy that we, we fished like six lakes in one day yeah no shit yeah <laughs> oh my god that's crazy See, mm-hmm. freshwater is so weird. Like with the ocean, I just think of like tides and conditions and moons and stuff. Like freshwater is just like, oh, this lake's not working today. Let's hop in the other one. Like, I yeah. don't know. It's not my game. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And um, so what else? Oh, I had a uh, Dan Grovac who was on the podcast for the uh, Watershed Council uh, a month ago or so. Uh, he got a few bluefish yesterday, so I wonder if that's what's scaring the mackerel around. That's really weird because the water temp on the beach is pretty cold. It's like 57 degrees, so it's really yeah. strange that some bluefish would come in numbers. And, uh, you know, it's weird. We were talking about it because the other day, me, John, and Mike were all out there, and we were trolling around, and we all were kind of experiencing, even in the mouth, too, that those couple days, we were experiencing a lot of short strikes mm-hmm. where we'd be trolling or drifting, and you get a hit, and then, you know, you reel up an empty bait, and it's like, hmm, what's going on here? And then you start playing with, do I do the drags locked up when I troll? Do I open, Do I put the clicker on and let them run? And you start playing that whole game, and uh, 
So, I mean, I've been fishing drags locked up on the troll now pretty much all year until we kept getting stripped like that and I letting them run and it didn't really seem to help. So I went back to locking them up and we were, we were and then I don't know if it was when the tide started moving in, a little wind change, but they started hitting harder. But anyways, one of the things that we were thinking about was, oh my God, are we getting bluefish? Because we had heard of a few people getting them and it was kind of like bluefishy hits. Uh, but we never got uh, a mackerel chomped in half. We never got chafe on a leader or anything like that so i i don't think those our experiences with that were bluefish yeah so yeah i did get that one bluefish in java like in early june i was like what the hell that's a weird thing that always seems to happen right around father's day uh, a couple bluefish come in either in the mouth or in joppa almost seems like every year you hear of one or two mm-hmm. sometimes we catch one or two and then yeah then, then it's gone it's really really strange situation yeah speaking of and all of a sudden gone what happened to the pogies man oh yeah i know it's been uh they haven't been around i don't know it's uh, not since like mid-june i feel like it was a correlation we're beginning in the year when we were catching a lot of big fish in the river uh like on plugs and mackerel and stuff like that and then they started once the pogies kind of came close to the mouth i noticed like especially towards uh, low tide uh there'd be a school of pogies outside the mouth with a couple fish busting on them and they'd be moving quick and I feel like it was like almost like a perfect timing of when those fish were starting to enter their summer haunts onto the beach and those pogies were coming in, but never in, in tight. Like they were all like 50, 60 feet of water most of the time. And I feel like those bass found them and pushed them north because from what I'm hearing, the Piscataqua is loaded with pogies and Gloucester and Boston are loaded with them. So we kind of have a void right now when it comes to that, which would be nice with the way mackerel fishing has been so inconsistent to at least have some pogies that you can grab quick to use for bait yeah i know it's uh i don't know maybe they'll be back i don't know it still still could happen yeah well i don't know i mean uh we talked about in the last podcast the day uh the day we recorded it well try to record it apparently uh scott mcguire so my job had a great white bite of striper in half right in front of right on right near the mouth so a couple great whites kicking around there's tuna inshore kicking around there's stripers you know out yeah, in deep it's, water it's definitely the time to be fishing with live bait if you can do it yeah but just it's pushing that bait around you you gotta spend some time go early in the morning to increase your chances and uh you know look for signs of life i mean today we found them in a little weed pile on a day of like no wind actually when we just went out there this afternoon those that little batch of weeds was still in the exact same spot so yeah uh, so that seemed to be the kind of difference today with trying to get into them i mean it was so flat this morning you you figure you'd see them on top but no i saw i saw one little dimple on the way back from the shoals up on hampton shoal ledge one little mackerel pop up i got all excited and i stopped the boat and we started jigging sabikis and about six stripers just erupted right by my boat and i saw them on my fish finder and they were gone we tried dropping a couple jigs and plugs at them for a little bit but i uh, couldn't get them to bite and that one mackerel must have been part of a little school that all got pushed out from those fish so yeah yeah i guess um i don't know the way the fishing's been i'd recommend trolling spreader bars if you want to tune a fish trolling mackerel if yeah you want some bass it does, it, there's not not a lot of fish in the river right yeah i've i've i haven't really fished the river too too much um the incoming tide for me specifically in the river has been not so hot i mean not what i expect it to be so uh usually this time of year is when the river is really good so uh we'll see how it goes hopefully that little storm we had tonight 
uh, kind of turns things back on just yeah, a little we bit. The Hopefully it pushes too. the, uh, yeah, we got the full moon. It was yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that always affects the fishing. Sometimes it can be really good if you find the pile of fish. And uh, sometimes it can be kind of lame. You know, yeah, you, that's a lot. I think that has a lot to do with the short striking we were experienced the other day. Although I do find it's usually closer on the moon than a few days before it. Yeah. But you know it's the same thing you you got to move around to find some fish take a look at the environmental clues pay attention to to wind and bait water temperature you know this time of year is a, is a big deal and when you have that strong westerly wind that temperature on the beach can drop ten, it actually happened last week uh on on friday into saturday the water temp went from like 63 to like 56 so or 54 even and um you know be mindful of that 54 is not my ideal striper temperature so even though if i caught fish in the spot yesterday if it dropped 10 degrees i'm gonna at least start with trying to find a little bit better water and go from there and uh that's what i ended up doing on my trip on monday you know i fished an area that um i hadn't i hadn't been fishing but i skipped i went to where i was and just skipped right over it and kept kept going and moving around till i find my water and we had a freaking fantastic day you know yep and you know what i didn't mark one fish that whole time it was so strange i did not mark one fish and we caught a ton ah big ones slots schoolies just everything no kidding yeah i feel like i finally have my fish finder dialed in yeah it was looking good on your boat today it was looking really good yeah it was kind of like oh they're there and then we were catching catching bait yeah so basically we didn't have chum we just started off going to a few spots and just jigging hoping it would work on some structure and then uh, dan decided well let's troll around and five seconds into the troll we got onto a school we're able to get a quick like 20 right there yep and then we kind of we're hanging out just kind of not paying attention trying yeah, to jig messing around and then uh we went back on the troll found another little pod and then just hammered it again so yep um yeah it worked we were, we were able to get a ton of fish yeah and i, I can't remember ever working like that to find them fine mackerel you know what i mean like finding the little balls of them yeah that's all it is it's just little balls kind of zipping around all over the place i mean they're not really coming in chum they're not really staying in chum and I, I feel like if i had chum out there today it wouldn't have made a difference i feel like we probably yeah. would have been doing the, maybe we the ones that we trolled into the first time because they weren't far away maybe they would have came in but yeah who knows? And, well and with like tuna being inside school's getting pushed all over the place yeah there's gonna be a lot of activity going I, on under there i haven't seen any tuna i saw um, some on monday while i was macro fishing really quick really quick but um other than that it hasn't been like it was uh last week but that doesn't mean they're gone just means they moved around so you know hopefully they're still sticking north of cape ann and we get to play around with them the rest of the summer so because it really is addicting dude isn't it oh yeah oh oh my god those are the heydays i remember that's when i first uh well i've always i've wanted to be a guide for a while but you know when my late teens early 20s i really thought that's what i'd be doing i thought we'd be doing like schooly football stuff like mm-hmm. all the time and uh then it just stopped and just stopped coming being a thing you know at least up for up here for us yep and uh no nothing nothing's better than leaving new report the merrimack river or hampton or the Ipswich and uh getting a shot at some at some 90 pound tunas it's just it's just awesome yeah it is awesome and then uh what else yeah uh well 
I gotta say, I gotta say that the private forum has been blowing up pretty nicely. It's been oh. some great conversations in there. For yeah, sure. thank you guys to the people who most of the Merrimack members that have been signing up and going in the forum. Uh, the tuna thing, we we were we've been talking about it on there for about a month now. Yep. So I think I think we started talking about seeing them on Stellwagen and way out east. And then about a few days later, they moved in, and a lot of our, our our members and friends on there were ready, and they've been doing a great job sharing information. And these guys have been getting a lot of success, both in the tuna and the striper game. Yeah, and it's been a lot of fun for those of you guys that uh, used to go in the old first light anglers forum. I mean, that's the vibe that we're in that we're getting into right now. It's awesome. It's awesome. Everybody's friendly. Everybody's helpful without, you know, telling everything, you know, just giving general ideas so people aren't wasting gas money. Um, people are hooking up and fishing together, sharing their stories of what's working. So it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun seeing the, the people communicate with each other and, uh, you know, all have a common goal, whether it's catch a big fish, catch the first fish, catch, you know, more fish, whatever. Yep. So I think it's been really helpful to our, those members that are definitely taking advantage of that. And uh, and we still don't have a fish bingo winner. We still don't. We, I don't know. Jay's in Alaska right now. I think he needed a trout. So I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if he's gonna if he's gonna go all the way to Alaska to get that trout on his card. <laughs> I think he's salmon fishing, but I knew he was close. I knew he had like one or two to go. Yeah. But that's been fun. Steve's got Steve at Hudson's has gotten a lot of good feedback from a couple people that are in it. So you know, and they're still available if you want to enter a fish bingo tournament. You know, even though it's mid July, you still get a shot. It's open, and uh, anything you catch from May twenty eighth or whenever Memorial Day was from that day on, you know, you can enter even if you enter the contest late. So. Uh, let us know. You can go to uh, milesofthemerrimack.com and just sign up and grab a grab a sheet. So yep, and then we recently just put an article out on uh, a lure that we've been testing out for probably the last six weeks or so. Uh, I bought a few of them during the winter, um, and they've been pretty successful. I've been really happy with them. I have a rod rigged up on my boat at all times, especially when I'm drifting or trolling. It's the uh, Ben Parker spoon. So I'll let you guys know. But if you can go up on the if you go on our blog at mouseofthemerrimack.com. Uh, you can check out our full review and uh, you know how we rig them, how we change things, which colors are working, which sizes are working, and how to use them. And how to use them. And then if you're a member, we talk about very specific situations uh, and some success and failure stories and some of the adaptions that we made to make it even an even better lore. But it's been a good one. Yeah, absolutely. I, that was a great find. I caught my first sturgeon ever. I mean, I snagged it, but I never yeah, hooked. I never got, got one. I never caught and hooked. Uh, hooked and caught a sturgeon before so that was pretty neat and uh the other thing is too it's like it's not we, we don't really talk about any of our sponsored stuff you know we talk about things that we try and we use to try to share with you and you know we, we had really success a lot of success with it really early but i wanted to play around with it make sure we fine-tuned it and by like having guys like me you fallon my dad came out with me one day he was amazed <laughs> and uh, he bought a couple and then I know Fallon had a few people in his boat that went out and got some. So we've all been kind of relaying some different things. I think John started trying to troll with them, and he was having some success with that. So, you know, it's really cool. Mike made custom hooks with the feathers on it. So, um, yeah, basically the hooks situation on those are a little iffy. The saltwater ones are a little too beefy, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, the freshwater ones uh, rust out really fast. So we swapped them out with, uh, I think, 
five aught BMC treble hooks, and Mike dressed them up with a little tassel, which I think on the freshwater version, the freshwater version comes with a little uh, tassel on it. The saltwater does not. But I found my hookup ratio to be much better when I was fishing the freshwater versions, and I think it was because of that little flash on the hook kind of gave an aiming point, you know? Yep. But, I mean, my first drop of that thing, I caught a 45-incher. You know, and it was just exactly how I thought I'd be using it. We were just driving to one spot. We marked a school. I stopped the boat and picked it out of the rod holder, dropped it down. I don't have to worry about finagling a mackerel, dropping it down, getting tangled, you know? Oh, yeah. Just real quick yank. And what I've been doing on my charters, like if we're drifting and I have a nice drift and lines are evenly spaced out, I'll pop that sucker down and start jigging and get a couple extra bonus fish and pass them off to my customers. It's been fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. Such a such a great spoon. Yeah, and uh, I've pretty much tried almost a, a wide range of colors, and you know, some situations I found some colors to work better than others, which I talk about in the blog. And yeah, and then uh, I'm gonna finish up a blog on trolling for stripers. You know, some basic stuffs, and then some more advanced things. Um, you know how to get more lines in the water how to maximize your catch when you're on the troll so you know be on the lookout for that i was going to finish it tonight but this impromptu fishing trip kind of pushed my schedule back a little bit so i'll finish it up tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a good day good and day fishing has been great dude my parents went flounder fishing the other day oh yeah that's what uncle john was saying yeah my mom caught the cutest little flounder it was like about three inches long <laughs> yeah well they never they haven't done it in so so long i'm like yeah i don't know God, i couldn't tell you i haven't flounder fished in july ever so yeah. yeah they found some they got a couple keepers a bunch that were close that they let go and uh it was funny i asked your dad fun. i was like so how'd you rig it up I'm like what'd you do and you're just like you know we got the uh the weight and uh two hooks no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right yeah <laughs> uh, johnny v on the phone <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i was gonna kill him yesterday uh, dad funny. all you gotta do always set the bars out just keep the boat straight okay dad why is there a lobster pot right next to my boat right now <laughs> oh shit sorry <laughs> oh I, did, I didn't see it <laughs> you're on friggin I don't even know what he's on. He's like reading Yahoo News. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. It's not even like anything exciting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so I picked up a new rod and reel for the tuna. I got it at Hudson's. Uh, I got a 50. A little bit. I kind of wanted a 30 for these small fish, but I went with the 50 just because it's a little more versatile in case we catch a big one. Mm-hmm. You know, I go shark fishing a lot, so I do like having the capability because after we caught a couple threshers and makos, um, I think any blind bait that goes in the water has to be a big one because those are some big fish, and I wouldn't want to deal with a 400 pound thresher on a 30 ever. Yeah. So, well, speaking of Dan, calling me right now. Um, he'll call back in two seconds too. Yeah, he'll give so. me at least two two tries. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That setup is awesome, man. That that avid reel is like super yeah. smooth. It's um, nice. It's uh, I'm I really like it. I mean, I haven't caught a fish on it yet, but no, it seems well made. It's all he had in stock um, for fifty wides. So I got an event. And it's made in America. It is. Now, some of the smaller events I had, the SX um, wasn't really a big fan of, so I was a little hesitant. But uh, you know. I'll give them all a shot and report back. So, but right now I like the feel of it. Seems like a, it's got a very loud clicker, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Which on the flip side, my Okuma Makara that I got a couple of years ago, that clicker's gone. So that's one thing I'm gonna fix on that. Oh, that's too bad. And then you know, I love the Shimano's. I just think uh, <laughs> told you to call again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love the Shimano's, but they're just too wide and wobbly for how much stand up and stuff we do. So, yep. in my opinion. But other than that. 
Um, what else is new? Anything? Anything good? How's the boat running? Oh, boat's running smooth as butter. You yeah. know, it's awesome. That was a nice little ride we took tonight. That's for sure. Yep. I had to do my. I'm already on my second oil change. I got to do. I went to go do a video on that twice, and it was so windy you couldn't even like hear hear me talk. So yeah, know. we can do. I got one coming up. Yeah, so. I, I'll get one done next week. <laughs> so. I'll tell you what, Chris, you can change my oil and make a video. How's that sound? Oh, sounds <laughs> absolutely terrible. Well, that's the thing too. Like, you know, I was probably about thirty hours this time over because I just didn't get a chance. You know, I'm usually on point of getting it done, like at the hundred hour mark or mm-hmm. hundred and five. You know, whenever I can. You know, that alarm goes on. Boom. I usually have everything in my truck ready to go, but you know, it's, we've been fishing hard, so yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, telling me i'm like such i'm such a i'm very particular with my boat it's like there and there, hasn't been a, there hasn't been a single time that i have gone into the ocean and not flushed the motor oh yeah you gotta you yeah. gotta you gotta get that salt out you yeah. know that preventative maintenance is what makes it go a long way that little extra care mm-hmm. take care of it it'll take care of you pretty much uh Uh, you going out this weekend? Yeah, I'm gonna go for tuna again. You gonna go for tuna? Yeah, I'm gonna spend uh, Saturday and Sunday. Well, the Saturday's looking really nice. So, oh, he's got the bug, boys and girls. He's yeah. got the bug. I might go way out. Who knows? Actually, speaking of getting the bug, I want to give a shout out to something I've noticed. the The boys who work at Crossroads, the kids, the Hugo. If you guys know Hugo, he started working there last year. Donnie, who's a staple, and my new buddy, Snacks. <laughs> uh, these three kids, young guys, I think Hugo and Snacks are like 15 and 17. They've been going out buzzing around at night when they can, fishing hard, you know, talking shit, telling stories. They're cracking me up and uh, reminds me of like me and Fallon back in the day, just being like little hellions, you know, using our parents' boats trying to catch fish and like fishing whenever we could you know sometimes it was at two in the morning sometimes it was you know three in the morning you know whenever we could get out there so i gotta give a shout out to those guys i talked to hugo today and we gotta get them on a podcast because first of all they're freaking nuts they're absolutely hysterical uh somebody was telling me they came into crossroads the other day i think they commercial fished and uh sold some fish and had a good night and kyle davis was there and he goes oh i'll take a picture they're all like arguing over which fish to hold which one was theirs which one was bigger and he's like guys come on jesus christ i gotta get going (laughs) but to see that enthusiasm and that initiative for them to go out there and do it is has been really cool so i want to give a shout out to those three knuckleheads yeah 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 it's awesome it's good to see young people out there making it happen yeah yeah and just um uh, it's really cool it's really cool and uh hopefully the the traffic on the water this weekend is a little bit better last weekend was a zoo so mm-hmm. um that's a i think one, only one person anchored in the mouth this past weekend so <laughs> that's okay <laughs> one one's not bad but don't do it don't do it and same thing too guys like just when you're setting up your drifts the, be be mindful of what's around you more of a safety issue than anything else or we had an issue we had a thing <laughs> we were fishing on monday um we were pretty much by ourselves it was probably a couple boats a ways away it was away but um you know we this boat comes in we double up and one of them was a really big fish and um, i think it was four ended up being 47 and 
by the time we land it and take the hook out we take pictures i look up and this guy is like two feet off my boat like hey can we get a picture like all excited it was an older guy with some kids and stuff with like a brand new boat but like yeah give us a space out there guys i know it was cool but give us a space i wanted to get lines back in the water and i couldn't <laughs> turn and you know so I, I just chucked it up we were nice obviously nice but i wasn't upset but i was just like oh come on we're like we're on the meet right here we gotta get lines back in screw me up pal yeah. <laughs> yeah just be mindful of you know if you get a lot of boats and another thing too you'll probably start seeing cl- i saw a cluster of boats on sunday like about a mile ahead of me and uh our bike just kind of slowed down we had like a half hour left so like oh, it's on the way let's go stop over there and from all reports from the people that were in there it was, it was pretty slow so you don't have to be in the fleet like i actually prefer when i'm trolling to be There's out of plenty there. of fish in the sea yeah just just keep going like just keep going try try a little deeper try a little shallower but you don't have to be around top of each other those fish are all spread out especially now i mean christ we were getting them this week we got them three feet of water and 100 feet of water mm-hmm. you know so uh, be mobile be mobile use your brain yep you know get some max hopefully the quicker the better um and uh yeah just it's weird with the mackerel it just seems to not staying or coming to the chum like they normally do you're getting even when i was hammering them this past week i we were stopping the boat and dropping sabikis in like i didn't even get a chance to put chum in the water and we were still in them for a while so i I don't know what's going on with that but (laughs) you know a couple things too if you're if you're out mackerel fishing here's some tricks that could help you get a few more um so let's say you have two people fishing when one person hooks up you know real and slow you should be fishing sabikis if you don't like sabikis cut them in half if they're too much of a pain in the ass and the six hooks are too long you get into tangles cut them in half all right a lot more easier to manage you can take three off the hook and get it back in and get another three probably quicker than you can untangling six at once yeah and especially when they swim into each other if you got 12 mackerel all tangled up on two lines all right so that's one thing you could do cut down the number of hooks so that way when you get them in the boat you can get them back out while the school's underneath you another thing that you can do is when you hook up reel it in slowly all right reel it in slowly keep your line tight and try to get a few more and another thing that does is it holds the school the mackerel see all that flashing under the boat and they come to investigate and they'll stay in there longer so a lot of times what we do if we're really trying to hammer mackerel i mean i didn't really do it on my charter so much but like if you and i were fishing right for example yep like we do it all the time if i hook up i'll hold it I'll wait till Dan hooks up, and then he keeps it in the water, line tight. I take mine out, put on my bait in the live well, and then we kind of rotate. Dan kicks closer to the live well. I drop mine in. He reels his up because he kept the school under the boat. I drop down on the school, and we just repeat. So we always have one line in the water with with mackerel on it to kind of hold the school near the boat. So that's a that's a really good trick that you can do with a with a buddy out in the boat to kind of keep them around your boat especially with the, how they're moving in and out so fast yep. that might get you another two or three strings quickly so you, you have enough to go i figure probably most people could the two people could get three strings a piece and be good for the day yeah you know? yeah so another thing that i do have being on a smaller boat um, and I remember how I'd said I really only like to fish with two other people on my boat, so yep. three is the most. Rather than doing three sabiki setups and everyone is fishing, 
it's in tripping over each other to like get stuff in because my live ball's in the stern. Yeah. What I will do is allow my guests to mackerel fish, mm-hmm. and when I drift, they're dropping both the lines over. The, they're going over the transom, yeah. not on the side, and I stand at the live ball. Yeah. And I will just let one sabiki fill up. And they pick it up. I take them all off, throw them in the live well while the other one's working on filling up their string. We throw that one back in the water. Yeah. It creates like a nice cycle. Yeah. You know, so rather than the three of us getting tangled and fun, getting all going, everything going all crazy, um, I manage all the fish and they just keep catching them. Yeah, I do the same thing on charters too. And actually, I got to do. It's kind of annoying when I get two in the back and two in the front, and uh, guys in the front they, they fall off. I'm like, yeah, just kick them back here. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's a definitely way to go is just having that system and getting them on and off quickly so you don't get tangled. I mean, that's that's the worst when you finally get into mackerel and three guys reel up and all the sabiki rigs are all screwed up and you're like, damn it. Mm-hmm. And you got to try to untangle them or put new ones on. It's hard to do on three, three or four people all at once. So, you know, being mindful. Remember, too, when you're dropping your sabiki, if it goes slack. Snap that bale over or put it back in gear and reel up tight because you got fish on the way down, and that's where most of the tangles happen. Yeah, it's so important not to let that thing slack up. People don't realize when you're dropping it down um, and it just goes flat for a second, they're just sitting there talking, but those mackerel are just swimming around in circles, getting it all messed up. So be mindful of how far you're dropping and when they pick it up. So that's mm-hmm. that's my mackerel advice. Keep them in the water. Be mindful of tangles. And... Um, yeah, it just seems like kind of just keep grinding the the normal areas, and eventually they'll come in if you have the time, you know. Yep. Again, we're fighting the clock, so we we, we want to get them, you know, from dock to by the time we're fishing in about an hour, but you know, it doesn't always work that way. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's still big fish around. There's plenty of slots, plenty of schoolies. Um, you know, just the river itself, the river proper has been a little slow, but you still got the Hampton River. You still got Ipswich River, you got the Anasquam, you got the beachfronts both in Salisbury and Plum Island, you got Boar's Head, you got the Three Mile Line, you got all places to explore and go catch fish, get away from the crowds, try something new. Um, If you pick a spot and pound it, you know, you'll get fish. You'll get fish for sure. Yeah. You know. Excellent. So I hope everybody has a good weekend. Um, Dan, anything else you want to add? No, no, just get out there, and if you, yeah, go for it, and then fishing's great, and yeah, I'm excited for what this weekend's going to bring. Yeah, I know, me too. All right, buddy, well, it's getting late. Thanks yeah. for coming out. And we're also getting eaten, destroyed yeah, by getting mosquitoes right now. Yeah, by mosquitoes. <laughs> we didn't think about that one, huh? Yeah. Should have brought the bug spray. <laughs> oh, the thermosel. The thermosel. Oh, you know what? My parents it, got something like that for their boat. It works. No, it's not a thermosel. It's something else. Some special one my mom found. I got to get the... I asked her the other day if she tried it out, and she said she hadn't yet. So let me see uh, what they got going on. Oh, my God. He's calling again. <laughs> for those of you that have come out my boat, you guys know this drill. Dad calls at 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock every day. I don't answer. Hey, Chris, how are the seas? And then I get, how are the seas? How are the seas? <laughs> Always when it's beautiful out, too. Never when it's rough out. Just how are the seas? <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we definitely encourage you to go to milesofthemerrimack.com. Sign up. It would be awesome to see you hop into the private forum to continue some of these conversations. And uh, we will see you next time. Yeah, and if you are a member of the Miles of the Merrimack and you haven't signed up for the forum, I mean, that's really where the membership between the, the extra blogs and um, 
and the membership form and then some of the videos we got once i get my editing thing going um that's going to be for you guys and that's really where the benefit of the membership is so you know take a look into it if you're if you're paying the seven bucks a month uh make sure you sign into the forum and uh like again that, i think that's where a lot of good information is getting sold uh getting told and some quick response if you have a quick question or things like that and it's not like the facebook thing man it's that's what the great part is yeah it's been no, super positive. positive there's no bullshit so yeah we're really enjoying the community that we're trying to build over there so yeah. come come join it be a part of it no stupid questions <laughs> no i'm saying yeah, there, yeah, are, there are there no are stupid. no stupid questions yeah yeah so, <laughs> so bring your stupid questions <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got people we got people of all skill levels people just starting out people that have been out here 20 years so it's a good mix and uh, a lot of good guys a lot of the members we've seen and fished together so far with so that's yep. been sweet so all right guys thanks for listening uh we're headed to bed I'll see you guys over the weekend. Over and out.